Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, April 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Global equity markets sold off on Wednesday as New York State became the new global epicenter of the coronavirus. The state's death toll is rising faster than any other subnational region at this stage of its outbreak. Meanwhile, as bills, including rent, are due, debt markets signaled new concern about the creditworthiness of corporate borrowers. I'll talk to the FT's George Hammond about the tug of war between tenants and commercial landlords. Plus, we'll look at France's proposed EU coronavirus rescue fund, how SoftBank is backing out of a crucial deal with WeWork, and the alleged conditions at an Amazon call center in the Philippines. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. France is pushing for an EU fund to help Europe through the coronavirus crisis. It's hoping to head off German and Dutch objections to the creation of common debt obligations by proposing that the fund has a time limit of 5 to 10 years and is focused on economic recovery. Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire spoke to our Paris bureau chief, Victor Mallet, about the proposal. This is one of you know many proposals that are floating around at the moment, and this would be in addition to all the other EU and Eurozone measures that are being taken or have been taken to deal with the economic fallout of the coronavirus crisis. What uh, French Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire is proposing is some kind of common EU fund that could get into debt, be time-limited, you know, five or ten years, and focused really on economic recovery and reconstruction. The reason he's defined it in that relatively narrow way is because for a long time now, the Germans and the Dutch and some others have objected to the idea of common debt obligations between members of the Eurozone or between the 27 members of the EU. They don't want to have German taxpayers on the line to pay off debts incurred by Italy or Spain or France or Greece. Now, Victor, France and its allies have already suggested using the EU's next long-term budget to provide long-term help to the countries hit hard by the pandemic. Then there's the European Stability Mechanism that has over 400 billion euros at its disposal. How is this plan different and why is it needed? Well, the ESM is already in place. And and you're right, you know, some of the Eurozone member states, some of the 19 are saying that's good enough. It's got more than 400 billion euros at its disposal to spend on on this kind of thing. And it it was set up as a crisis response mechanism. But essentially, everyone has agreed that it's a good idea. The French want to go one step further and have another fund available for longer term recovery of the economies of the Eurozone, because they really are going to be pretty bad hit by, by all this. And and Victor, do you think it can get past the objections of countries like the Netherlands and Germany? Well, uh, you know, I think it depends uh, what is finally agreed. Of course, uh, there are quite a lot of proposals floating around at the moment from various countries, including France. The French proposal is typically quite ambitious, and it also typically requires a common fund that could get into debt in which the members of the Eurozone or more likely in this case, the members of the EU, the 27, would be on the line for the debts of some of the others. And this is the kind of sticking point which the Germans and the Dutch are not that keen on. Those are the kind of points that are contested. But at the same time, you've got the Netherlands and Germany have, I think, broadly supported this idea of a fund, a $100 billion fund being set up by the Commission to pay for temporary unemployment schemes in which many countries, including Germany, including France, including Italy, are are paying for people to be temporarily laid off so that they don't actually lose their jobs permanently, but 
they maintain their skills, the companies don't go bust, and the companies maintain the workers, uh, and that will allow a kind of economic recovery in the months ahead. So, you know, there are, there are different versions of this scheme, and they're targeted at different things. The French scheme is quite broad, it's quite ambitious, but it has been narrowed down, if you like, from a very broad corona bond idea that could be used for anything and would be quite expensive to something more specific to do with economic recovery and more time limited. Now, the rapid spread of the coronavirus has pushed both commercial landlords and their tenants to a breaking point. With stores and restaurants and other businesses closed in many countries, the FT's George Hammond looked into whether tenants can pay and what landlords are doing in response. So the evidence from the UK where we had our rent payments a week earlier than the US is that most won't. So the retailers, the hospitality businesses, we reckon around a third have paid up. The likelihood is that in the States we'll see something similar. There have already been some pretty big name companies coming out and saying they can't or won't pay their rents. Cheesecake Factory and a mattress firm are two that spring to mind. And there is just a practical reality for a number of small businesses that they're on slim margins, they have workforces they need to attempt to maintain. So a lot of them are just going to opt not to pay their rent. Some of those landlords are playing hardball and are saying, actually, the rent that you owe us, it's legally enforceable. We're going to put the squeeze on you. And of course, there are many landlords who are a bit more gentle than that and have offered to waive rents, have offered to defer rents. But aside from a, a waiver, even a rent deferral, which might sound like a good package for some of these tenants, for many of them, they're just saying, actually, you know, if in three months we still have to pay this rent and that means we have six months rent due over the course of a shorter period, that's going to kill us as a business. And that's going to mean we can't pay our employees. They're putting their hands up and saying, frankly, we can't. And can, can you give me a sense of what the numbers are looking like, George? So it's, it's hard to put a figure on it. The figures around retail in, in the US and monthly figures for February were over 500 billion in terms of sales in the, in the retail and food services businesses. So if no one can come into your shop, then you're going to lose a great proportion of that. And of course, some has migrated online and some food businesses will remain open because they're essential, but there will be huge, huge losses in terms of revenues for the frontline businesses, which will then translate into huge losses for the landlords who would otherwise have been collecting that rent. And then I think government has a role here. And in the UK, you've seen the government step in and say, we will offer grants to small businesses and that will go onto the government's balance sheet. And then there is also in the background of all of this are the lenders, the banks, who if these retailers and hospitality businesses end up going to the wall are going to end up in the words of someone I was speaking to saying that they're going to be the ones who are holding the baby. And that's where this pain may end up once it's run through the landlords. So George, how might this play out? Which side will governments take, tenants or property owners? So one of the common refrains on the tenant side, on the landlord side, talking to lawyers who are in this space and, and from the government themselves, that this is an exercise in pain sharing. Looking at the, the strategy that the UK government has taken, it's been about stalling this process and trying to make sure that the impacts as they land are not as brutal as they might be. So ahead of the rent due date last Wednesday, the government intervened and said, no tenants will be evicted for the next three months. And that's in Australia. The Australian government has stepped in and said it will be six months that no tenants can be evicted. And the aim there is to give landlords and tenants some time to negotiate and figure out a compromise here. And the hope is that the compromise is those tenants who can take a bit of this pain onto their balance sheets, they do so. 
And I think the case of Adidas in Germany, where they said, actually, we don't want to pay our rent. The view of German politicians, perhaps understandably, was, well, you can take some of this pain and you, and you should take some of this pain. The next level is the landlords, some of those very indebted and will struggle to take too much of this on. Others can absorb it and have said that they will. And some have waived rents for smaller tenants as a way of doing that. And then the government in turn will have to take some of this on themselves. And I think of various places have shown willingness to do that. And in the UK, I imagine we'll have to do more of that as things progress. Amazon says it's urgently investigating claims of, quote, subhuman conditions at one of its call centers in the Philippines. Workers there say coronavirus travel restrictions have left them sleeping in close quarters on makeshift beds. In a letter to their bosses, the workers say promises of adequate sleeping arrangements have not materialized. Video footage and stills provided to the Financial Times appear to show several employees sleeping on the floor at a facility in Cebu City. As a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, Cebu has been put in a state of enhanced community quarantine. Public transport has been shut down, and police are enforcing restricted movement. Since workers can't commute, they've had to choose whether to remain at the site around the clock or forego their work entirely. The workers are contractors for Amazon and are managed by a French outsourcing company. Amazon said it understood the sleeping arrangements to be voluntary. But the UNI Global Union, which advocates for call center employees, said those on Amazon's contract were offered extra financial incentives. They were offered the equivalent of three months' pay if they adhered to at least 95% of the normal work schedule. And SoftBank is pulling out of a major part of a WeWork rescue package the telecoms group negotiated last year. People briefed on the matter told the FT that SoftBank is withdrawing from a $3 billion purchase of WeWork stock. It was agreed in 2019, as WeWork was on the brink of insolvency. The tender offer was expected to give early backers of the property company a lucrative payout that would have included Benchmark Capital, as well as WeWork founder and former chief executive Adam Newman. The move is likely to spark litigation. The Japanese group debated for weeks over the decision to back out of the tender. Members of WeWork's board publicly attacked SoftBank last month, calling the move dishonest. On Wednesday, the committee said it would evaluate all of its legal options, including litigation. WeWork, SoftBank, and Benchmark declined to comment on the news. Adam Newman could not be reached for comment. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.